Welcome back to the Bristos Made a Baby podcast, season three, baby number three. I am your host, Becca. I am here with my lovely husband, Matt. We are together pretty much 24-7 between working, parenting, our two little girls, making our 1800s farmhouse our own. And trying to live our best, healthiest lives. We are so excited for this new season of life and to bring you guys along the journey for baby number three. Let's go. Hello, hello, friends. I am back to share a little bit more of how my pregnancy is going with you guys. And I also have another birth story for you today, which I'm super excited for you to all hear. I found it very entertaining and it's kind of different than um, the other ones I've shared so far or I've had guests share so far. So we will get to that in a minute. But before we jump in, I wanted to first kind of share with you guys a little bit about week 21 of my pregnancy. So we are officially on the other side in the second half of pregnancy, which God, it just feels so good. I feel like I am sliding right on into that honeymoon phase and things are just feeling really good. Now, I feel like the honeymoon phase is a total, totally a thing in all of all pregnancies, but I feel like after your first, <laughs> it's not quite as much of a honeymoon um, just because your belly just gets so much bigger, so much faster in subsequent pregnancies. So looking back to my very first one, like around 20 weeks, like I just had like this little tiny bump. Like I remember in, now of course, as you eat throughout the day, it gets bigger. But I remember when I was around 20 weeks, maybe it was like 19 weeks. I don't know, somewhere in there when I got my like anatomy scan ultrasound, I remember going to the appointment and I was still able to button, wear and button my regular jean shorts, which is like literally laughable at this point in my pregnancy now. I also just wouldn't even like fit, even put like even non-pregnant, I don't think I would fit in those tiny jean shorts. I, actually, I know I would not fit in those tiny jean shorts. So it's just funny to look back on how different my body was in that first pregnancy versus this one. So, you know, that first time around, it really was a honeymoon because your energy is good. You're not sick anymore. You know, the symptoms have really, the difficult symptoms have like really totally subsided and you're not really feeling uncomfortable with this like big belly yet. So, I mean, I'm sure I was still dealing with like aches and pains. I, you know, I feel like rose colored glasses are always in effect when you're looking back, but it's definitely not quite as honeymoonish, but it's still pretty darn good and I will gladly take it. Um, so overall I'm feeling good. Um, not a whole, I do have one new symptom to report, but otherwise it's just status quo over here. Just got my varicose veins going strong. I'm still wearing obviously my stocking daily, um, on my right leg. Cause that's where all of my really gnarly veins are. Um, hopefully I won't even ever have to wear one on the left. That's kind of what my hope is for this pregnancy, but we'll see what happens towards the end. Um, still doing my lovely daily injections every day for the blood thinners, which is super fun. And as my belly is getting bigger, it's definitely getting more difficult. Um, I don't know if I've talked about this yet. I know I've talked about this on Instagram, but the main injection site for these shots 
is like your abdomen. So like two inches out from your belly button, like all the way around to like your love handles. Like that is like the sweet spot. And that's typically where they're injected. But obviously as your belly is expanding, that skin is getting, that skin and that fat is getting stretched. It's getting tighter. There's like less to grab. Um, and my hematologist, who's like the quote unquote expert I see f- to manage, you know, this blood clotting disorder and risk of clotting again and all of that, he told me, um, and it seems like you might get different advice depending on the doctor. So obviously always talk to your doctor. Um, that's kind of what I gleaned from talking to people on Instagram. But my doctor told me that as long as I could pinch an inch, <laughs> I could inject there. So, cause I basically said to him, listen, what happens when my belly is huge? Like I can tell you at the end of my pregnancy, the skin and the fat is so stretched tight. Like it is, I literally don't know if I can pinch much of anything. And he was like, as long as you can pinch an inch, I'm okay with you injecting there. So when I actually asked people on Instagram, the two most common places where people were like, I would do it here, either like I physically have done it here because I've done these injections or like, hey, I'm a nurse or a pharmacist these might be, you know, good spots to use, um, like thighs, especially inner thighs and also the back of your arm. So my, um, problem with both of those spots is one back of my arm. I can't do myself because I would only have one, you need one hand to grab and then one hand to inject. So I can't obviously do that on the back of my own arm. So I don't like that because I don't want Matt to do them. It's so much more traumatic when someone else does it. It's, so much easier for just me to just do it. It's like no big, I mean, I don't like it. It still hurts, but it's no big deal. Now my thighs, I, you guys have, I have chicken legs. I have chicken legs. I have had chicken legs my whole life. I could probably gain like 50 pounds and it would, it would barely touch my legs. Like it would be all in my midsection. That is just my body type. That is where I carry my fat. It's all in my stomach, like love handles. I just have chicken legs. I've always had chicken legs. So there is not much to grab. Like I can get a little bit on my inner thigh, but I don't know something about that area. I've done it like two or three times and every time it bruises so bad. So I just have been kind of avoiding it. Um, and like, as far as like my outer thigh, I mean, maybe as pregnancy progresses and I gain a little bit more weight, maybe I can grab something there, but I mean, there's just not much to work with. So I'm just getting kind of creative with like where to inject. I have to like sit down and like lean over to really like gather as much like fat basically as I can. It's so glamorous, you guys. Um, But yeah, it's just going to get more and more interesting towards the end. And then even at the very end, I have to do them twice a day. So it's kind of tough because when you go in the same area over and over, um, they really hurt going in. Every once in a while, I'll find like a new spot that like hasn't been like I haven't really injected anywhere near there, like maybe like really far over on my, my side. And it, it really barely hurts. Um, the medicine always burns when you like physically inject it and like put it in. But it's hit or miss whether or not it actually like hurts going in. And if it's a new kind of like untouched spot, it doesn't really hurt at all. Um, but most of the time it does hurt because there's just not a whole lot of real estate. And if you're injecting every day and then towards the end, it's going to be twice a day. So 
anyway, that's kind of a little update on how those are going. Um, they're going still kind of managing the whole dizziness. Um, I've been feeling pretty good with that. Um, like as far as, at least as far as week 21 goes, you know, the week before I was so wiped out from that trip I was on, I think that was the week before. Um, but as long as I take it easy and I'm not, you know, doing anything crazy and I'm not pushing through when I start to feel that like kind of lightheadedness come on, I can manage it very well. Um, so the new symptom this week is, um, Braxton Hicks are back maybe. So I'm starting to get some Braxton Hicks. Um, it's typically, well, not typically, it has literally only been at nighttime. I think it's just the end of the day when my body is tired, like around the time we're like putting the girls down for bed. And then after that, when I'm just like on my feet moving around, um, my belly just starts to tighten up. So for me, Braxton Hicks are always just feeling like my belly is like tight and hard. Um, towards the end of my pregnancy, when they're more intense, it's like my belly literally turns into a rock and it's so uncomfortable. And then as long as I like, you know, sit down and rest for a few minutes, it like completely relaxes. But for me, they're never, um, like they're obviously called Braxton contractions, but I never feel them as like a, they come on and then they come off. Like, it's just my belly's either tight when I'm like moving around too much or it relaxes when I'm at rest. Um, like I remember last time, every time I would try and go for a walk at the end, I mean, my belly would just be a rock the entire time. And it was just like, that's not fun. But as soon as I got home and sat down, it would relax. So starting to get a little bit of that happening at nighttime. And that's just, you know, your body's way of like prepping for labor. Um, but yeah, so they're, they're not bad by any means. I've just kind of like noticed that they are, um, coming back around. So those, that's really all I have to report as far as symptoms, pretty much status quo. And then also Braxton Hicks are starting. Now, something that happened during this week, which was honestly traumatic and has nothing to do with pregnancy really, but just more of a life event. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, you already know all about this. If you don't follow me on Instagram, that's where I share just like kind of day to day what we're up to. Um, it could be anything from like, look at this food I'm making, or here's what I'm having for lunch to here's some like cute shots of our goats and chickens, um, to here's like a craft I'm doing with my toddler. I mean, it's like, it's all over the place. It's just kind of little bits and pieces of my life. So, um, on this particular day in week 21, it was a Friday. I was out running errands. Matt was home with the girls and they were up on, um, we have like a third floor of, on our house uh, or in our house. And we have one of those like nugget things up there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can Google it. It's like these foam pads that kids like love to play with and like you can build stuff and jump on them and they're really fun. So they were all the way up there and I pulled up the driveway to see or to find there was a fox running like directly across the grassy area next to our driveway. So basically like in front of my car, fox running with one of our chickens in its mouth. So what do I do? I jump out of the car like a crazy chicken lady. <laughs> Luckily the car was in park, but I did not turn the car off. I literally threw open the door and just like without even thinking about it, I just started sprinting after this fox. So we have had, we, we've been in this house for 
a little over a year. We moved in last December and we've had our chickens for about two years now. And we've been pretty lucky as far as predator attacks. Well, actually, no, we've had, we've lost, we've lost a few chickens um, to different predators, but we've never really had it. We've never dealt with a fox issue about a month before this happened. And sorry if you're not interested in this, but this is just like the biggest thing that happened in my life this week. But here's the, so, okay. So about a month before this, one of our chickens just never came back. So we do let them out during the day. We let them free range. So in the morning we let them out. They go all around like this one section of our property. They just wander around. They scratch, they eat bugs, they eat grass, they forage, they have dust baths. They just like live their best chicken lives. And, um, then later on in the day, as you know, it starts to get, um, a little bit darker out, we will go outside and we kind of shoo them all back into the coop, lock them up. So they're secure. So their actual coop and like their run is fully predator proofed. Nothing is getting in there. Nothing has ever gotten in there. Um, so that that's not an issue, but technically when they're out during the day, they are, um, there's a slight chance that a predator might come along and like steal a chicken. Um, but the thing is foxes are nocturnal. So we've, we've never really dealt with a fox issue because we only let them out during the day. They're always locked up tight. Like it's like Fort Knox in there (laughs) at night. We're very careful about making sure that they are safe in the, you know, nighttime hours, which is typically when a lot of the predators are on the prowl. So we never really had fox issue. So this fox is so brazen it came out in di- pure, like pure, what am I saying? Broad daylight. This was like 2, 2.30 in the afternoon. Not typical to see. I mean, of course they do come out sometimes during the day. It's not like this is completely unheard of, but it's not typical. So anyway, Fox is running. I literally pull up to this. I was actually voice messaging like on my phone. I send a lot of voice messages. If you guys don't use that feature, it's so handy. But I was voice messaging a friend of mine and I wish that I had saved it because it probably would have been funny to look back on because I'm just like, blah, 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 as I'm pulling up my driveway talking. And then also I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I gotta go. And I just like drop my phone. <laughs> but anyway, jump out of the car, start sprinting like a maniac after this fox. So the fox, whatever, ch- the chicken that it had in its mouth, it dropped. I didn't see where it dropped because um, it kind of like ran behind our barn. And then by the time I got to like, the barn it was already like further back in the property with no chicken running ran back towards the goats so I'm chasing it full speed like as fast as I can physically go at this point which is probably not that fast but it was my I was like maxed out my sprint it goes it like rounds the goat pen and it kind of like stops and I'm still running and screaming profanities at this thing okay because it's so traumatic when you literally come happen upon a predator with one of your sweet little chickens in its grip, in its teeth. <laughs> so I'm screaming at it, get the F out of here. Rah, rah, rah. My neighbors probably thought I absolutely lost my mind because they probably couldn't see the fox. They just see this pregnant lady just sprinting across the back of our property. And so I, ch- I ch- I'm chasing it and it just finally goes up into the woods. So I immediately turn around. So, cause Matt is inside. He has no idea that this just happened because I literally just pulled up the driveway. This all happened in like probably a minute. I start running back towards the house and immediately open the door and I'm like, Matt, oh my God, there's a fox. Ah." So he comes outside and I start um, surveying the scene. 
So I go back towards the coop and there's literally one chicken walking around. And I'm like, oh my God, for all I know, this fox could have literally just wiped out our whole flock because foxes are brutal and they will just keep coming back. So they will like come, they will, they will grab a chicken, they will kill it and they will bring it to their den and then they will immediately come back and they'll grab another chicken, bring it to the like rinse and repeat. They will just keep coming back. Um, and even if it's not in that specific situation, once they know the chickens are there, they will continue to come back for days, weeks, however, literally, cause now they basically know they have like this free meal ticket. So we start looking around for the chickens. Um, we're only finding one. And then all of a sudden the little yellow chicken who just so happened to be Liz, who is my favorite chicken. She's like the runt. She has the most like aloof personality. She cracks us up. She's just, she's my favorite starts kind of limping back towards the coop. And I'm like, oh my God. So I run and I pick her up. So she was the one that was in the fox's mouth. If I, if I had not pulled up at that exact moment and saw the fox literally right in like the small area in front of my car running, like if I had pulled up 10 seconds later, I probably wouldn't have even known that there was a fox running down the property with a chicken. It was truly <laughs> divine intervention to save poor little Liz. She would have been a goner for sure. We would have never found her ever again. So start surveying the scene, um, only see one chicken, immediately get that chicken in the coop, lock it up. And looking around, looking around, we happen upon another chicken that oddly enough, the fox left behind, but was visibly dead. It was laying on the ground. It was like bleeding, legs splayed out, not moving. And it was so sad to see. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll deal with that in a minute. We're going to keep looking. So we continue, we walk back towards the coop and then all of a sudden there's a yellow chicken walking from that direction towards us. And we're like, what did that chicken just like raise from the dead? It was crazy. So it turns out it, it was that chicken that we thought was dead. Um, but it was not dead. And I've come to learn that when they like hear, which is really sweet when they hear like your voice, I don't know. And now I don't know if chickens are smart enough to like play dead. I don't know, but I don't know if it was maybe like either playing dead or like clinging to life and probably would have died, but it heard our voice. So it like got the strength to get up and come towards us. I don't really know, but all I know is it got up. We thought it was dead. It got up, it came towards us. And she had a whole, literally like a whole chunk out of her back, which sorry, that's graphic, but it's just, that's what happened. So we now take these two injured chickens, the one that had it, I saw it with its mouth, the one that we thought was dead. We immediately take them inside to start like recuperating them. All the other chickens are missing. And then eventually four chickens come back unscathed. They were clearly just hiding. Even though we looked everywhere, they were hiding in like a really good spot, obviously, because we could not find them. They came back. And then about a few hours later, the, another chicken came back and she was clearly very hurt as well. So we took her inside to recuperate her as well. She was kind of limping. She was missing so many of her feathers and she just did not look good. So she came inside. So we now have three injured chickens inside. We've got five chickens in the coop locked up safe and sound and then two remain to be seen so long story short we the two chickens that were remain to be seen they never came back obviously the fox got them the three chickens we had inside um every day we were like tending to their wounds we were giving them like extra vitamins and electrolytes in their water 
Um, the one chicken that came back last, her name was Esther. She was our Easter egger who lays blue, beautiful blue eggs. Um, her injuries were actually like worse than we originally thought. Um, and she ended up unfortunately not making it one about a few days into our recuperation. She just took a turn for the worse and she unfortunately died, which was really sad. Um, but the other two injured chickens, um, have, are literally still in our house. (laughs) It's like at least two weeks later, um, recuperating from their wounds. And I think that they are going, I actually, I know that they are going to make a full recovery and they're going to be fine. Um, Liz didn't have like crazy injuries, thank God. And she's so little and frail. She's like the tiniest little chicken. I, I don't know. She's definitely a runt. I don't know if chickens can be runts, but she is. And, um, and then also the other one who we thought for sure was dead. I did not think she was going to make it because her, her wound was so insane. She is just an absolute trooper and that's mama Gail. And she is doing just fine. She's still has this wound that's healing now, but, um, she will definitely make a full recovery, which is bananas to me anyway. So that was the Fox attack. That's what happened that week. That was a really long story, but that was like the traumatic life event that happened in week 21. Um, If you want to hear more about the chickens, they're still currently recuperating. Um, So you can follow along on my Instagram stories as I periodically update how they're doing. But that's week 21, the crazy thing that happened and a little bit of my symptoms. Now, before I just completely talk your ear off, let's hop over to today's birth story. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this. All right, guys, I have Anna E here. She is my guest today. She is going to be sharing her birth story. We met through Instagram, but small world, we actually live pretty close to each other, which is kind of funny. Um, So she is going to be sharing all about her birth story today. I am just going to hand it over to her so she can share all of the details with you guys. Thank you so much. Okay, so yeah, um, like you said, my name is Anna E. Um, I am actually originally from. I'm from Bolivia, so I was born in Bolivia. Um, My dad's from um, there, and if you don't know where that is, that's in South America. And my mom is from Germany, so uh, we we actually moved to Germany when I was three, three and a half. And um, from that point on, I grew up in Germany. Um, And I just moved to the States about six, seven years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm just kind of taking it back pretty far (laughs) just because, um, I, it, it does, you know, have something to do with my birth story. Um, so I kind of, I, when I got into all of this, I didn't really know a whole lot about what birth and pregnancy looks like in the States. Um, because I grew up in Germany so um, for me everything was pretty new Um, I actually in Germany I did an internship during my high school years with a midwife oh no way yeah so because I was actually looking into um, going into that profession wow and um, with our you know how our school does it they um, have us do an internship um, during our high school years so can I ask ask a question real quick yeah. So is in Germany, is it, is it like more common to like go with a midwife? Like for here yes. it's okay. Yeah. Like it's so much more yeah. OB dominated. Okay. It, that's interesting. Okay. Exactly. Yep. It is much more, um, midwife 
based, I would say, even if you have a um, birth in the hospital, but we also have, obviously we have the home births and then um, birth, um, like, what do you call that? Like, like a center, birth center. Yeah, exactly. Birth center. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's actually where I did my internship um, with a person that did, um, had a birth center. That's so and, cool. Yeah. So I was, I was always interested in that field. Um, and so when we moved to Germany, so I just real quick, um, my husband's from here. That is, okay. I met him. Um, I was an au pair um, here in 2010. Um, and I met him during that time. An au pair is like a, a nanny that right, lives with right. family. Exactly. So um, I, he went to school in the same area that I was nannying and I met him here. That's so cool. And we kind of um, didn't really think we were going to stay together, but um, because we knew I was going to go back to Germany and all of that. So right, I right. did go back to Germany and uh, we realized it was, you know, something more there. And um, when he was done with his studies, he moved to Germany with me. Oh, wow. While I was doing my um, university and getting my degree. Um, and all of that so we lived in Germany for a little while oh that's awesome yeah and then we moved uh, to back to the states when we were when I was done with my degree um, and we moved to Denver um, in Denver Colorado and his family is in this area in Maryland um, but we decided we had just heard so many good things about it so (laughs) about Denver and so we it's much it's much prettier out. Out, prettier out there you probably moved it, here like oh <laughs> yes and I I remember we asked so many people from like from the states they were like and we asked them where would you move if you could move anywhere and they would so many people would say Denver Colorado wow so, and <laughs> we looked you know obviously we you know we looked some stuff up and um just the fact that there is 300 days of sunshine Mm -hmm. that was for me the determining determining factors like okay we're moving there yeah yeah that's pretty great (laughs) can't beat that yes plus the nature and all of that sure that was definitely something that drew us to go there um and we we and we lived there for a couple of years like three years oh nice uh, three four years we lived there and when I got pregnant um we decided we kind of started the whole pregnancy there. Okay. Um, so me going to the um, my gynecologist and all of that there, but we decided it was just really important to be close to family during that time sure. and then after, obviously. Um, so we we kind of had the options: do we want to go to Germany or do we want to go to um, his family in the states? And we decided um, to go uh, to his family for now. Yeah. Um, and so we moved. I was about, um, it was pretty early. It was maybe I was 10 weeks, maybe when we moved from Denver to, um, to our area here. Um, so I had to switch my OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I found someone here and everything was pretty my pregnancy there was really nothing um you know irregular that's good it was pretty normal so um yeah so uh I think we just the 
harder part for me was to kind of start over yeah. um, in area um, financially. And, but the, the good part was that we had his family here. So we actually moved in with his family. Um, oh, and that's great. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Um, and I mean, obviously we lived with the family and there's some well, the yeah. household and right. COVID and all of that, <laughs> but no, it was, they but were, helpful. I mean, yeah. So, so, so helpful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like catch, catch 22. <laughs> yes, exactly. But. <laughs> no, but I mean, and I got so lucky that I love his family. So my in-laws, it's not this typical, oh, your in-law, mom and all of that. No, I love them. Oh, good. So, um, I, we were really, really lucky. Um, it, yeah. And we kind of just moved here and um, figured everything out. I found my um OBGYN and we started going to her and it's actually a sister um practice so I was super comfortable with both of them and um kind of we just you know started going through pregnancy and a couple months in um they I went to one of the appointments and then she sat me down and she my OBGYN she said so we, uh, we have decided that we are going to switch our practice to only be doing the gynecologist <gasps> part. <No. laughs> yes. And they obviously had still a lot of pregnant women there. And they said they had to do a cutoff at some point and say all of from that point on, we're not going to take on anymore. And we're going to have to let some of the pregnant ladies that are due after a certain date go so their cutoff was um december 31st of 2018 okay um and my were you like like january 1st (laughs) i was january 8th oh stop (laughs) no (laughs) and at that point i'd already switched uh, gynecologist and all of that so right I just thought that cannot be happening <laughs> um so they referred us and at that point I was already um I think it, it was in October or November right. then when they told us October but then they said we still we can do a couple more appointments um but then you'll have to switch. And then, um, so I switched to the one that they had recommended. Um, and a lot of other women did too. So they had oh, that's good. Um, a pretty big influx there. Um, <laughs> and so they, the, um, practice that I switched to was, um, they had four, um, gynecologists. Um, and so I kind of had to, because the, the, I, I, could go into labor with any one of them, depending on who's on call at that right, point. Right. So they wanted to make sure I meet all of them. And now at that point, I really only had maybe another four appointments left to my due date. Right. <laughs> so um, I just got to meet all of them once, oh, um, which, and I mean, they were all nice. So I thought, okay, it, it, doesn't it's okay it's gonna work out um originally I was um wanting to do a home birth um or not home birth but a um 
well, I was kind of looking into all my options. Um, I, yeah, home birth, not really because we were living with the in-laws too. Oh yeah. That's want to do all that. You don't mind if I just like set up a tub in your living room and just like pop out a baby or do you? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, and so I was looking into birth centers, um, and I was in order for me to kind of, you know, learn about how, you know, pregnancy and all of that birth goes, I was researching everything because I'm from Germany. So I didn't really know how everything is being done here. Right. Um, and I knew that, especially in the medical field, it is different than in Germany. Like, yep. I feel like things are maybe allowed here that they wouldn't do in Germany, maybe. Oh, okay. And um, they, I, they, I think the way that it feels like they are here, it's more based on um, medication and yeah. prescription and all of that. Um, and I was not really looking for that. Yeah, it's much uh, more intervention heavy. Exactly. Exactly. They yes. like really and like to manage. What I learned. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was trying to go a more holistic way. Um, even though really in Germany it wouldn't even would be considered the holistic way, I think. <laughs> How about that? That's um, interesting. Okay. It'd just yeah, be the norm, but- yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's more which, the norm. Which is where I, as far as what I've researched, mm-hmm. it's pretty much mm-hmm. like that is the norm in most other, at least yeah. developed countries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas the U.S. is kind of stands alone and it's really uh, heavily, it just heavily manages pregnancy and birth. It's exactly. so much more monitoring. Interventions yeah. are commonplace versus, you know, we just wait until yeah. they're absolutely needed kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I hope I, I hope it's gonna there's gonna be a shift. I feel like there is. Yeah. Um, And maybe it also has something to do with just being able to educate yourself about it. Right. Um, And even so, when I moved here, we didn't have a lot of money. We, uh, you know, it was kind of and I was, I was scared about that because uh with all the you know medical bills and hospital bills and all of that so um I was trying to find ways to just educate myself without having to spend a lot of money right and kind of going the best route that would work for me but also be financially you know Right. And it, it can be, I mean, it depends on your insurance, but it can be so yeah. expensive to give birth in a hospital. Like if, oh, if you yes. have, if you have excellent insurance, you can pay yeah. like next to nothing. Um, yeah. since mo- both Matt and I are self-employed, our insurance yeah. is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not yeah. terrible, but we pay a lot and we don't get a whole lot of coverage yeah. and it's insane how much more it costs to give birth in a hospital. Cause people always yeah. ask like, what, cause I, you know, had my first in a birth center and then, yeah. Um, was planning on having a home birth with the second. And with that, at least like, at least for in our situation, like we knew Mm -hmm. upfront, like this is what it's going to cost. Yeah. You can count on this amount of money and like, you know, insurance may or may not cover it, which that Mm -hmm. can be a sticky point. But like with my home birth midwife, she was like, this is what it costs for me to birth a baby. But like literally in the hospital, we were like, we have no idea what this bill is going to be. And it was, Mm -hmm. it was literally double what what our midwife 
or home birth midwife costs. So it's not always more expensive to go that route, but if you have excellent mm-hmm. insurance, then it obviously is, but yeah, so it's just, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah. And so, and for me, um, it was almost the opposite because okay. I was, so I was insured, um, with Medicaid Okay. and Medicaid covers everything in oh, the that's hospital, awesome. yeah. but only in the hospital. So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, you know, at least I had this safety net that I knew, you know, if, you know, something were to happen, then I, I know that I'm covered there. Um, but with that also came, and so we live in the Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania border area. So, mm-hmm. um, but I had Maryland insurance. So I had to stay in Maryland, even though there's a hospital 20 minutes from me that is in Delaware, but won't take my insurance. Christiana, and, I'm guessing. Yeah, Christiana, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and also the birth center um, that is in Delaware. Right. Um that my, um, insurance didn't cover at all, nothing. Wow. So, because I was looking, I actually went to the birth center and, uh, we did a tour and we talked about, um, all of that. But at that point, um, I would have had to pay for the entire thing there and didn't have to pay for the hospital at all here Mm -hmm. in Maryland. Um, so at, in, in with us, you know, coming here and, um, kind of needing that extra help, we decided that we were going to look at the hospitals around us to see if that would be an option. Yep. And, um, we, and I was very nervous about that because I had, you know, um, kind of read about a lot of things. And, uh, so I, we went to the hospital that's super close to us, um, 10 minutes down the road and it's a very small hospital. So, I was, I actually felt very comfortable there. We did a tour and, um, they don't have a NICU. So there was that risk that if I gave a, you know, gave birth and the baby had to go to NICU, then they would have to transport it to a different hospital and I wouldn't be able to be there. But, um, other than that, they, it seemed like it was still, even though it was a hospital, um, they, they were, it was very personalized, everything. And it, I still felt pretty welcomed and felt like I could say the things that I wanted to say that, um, right. you know, I don't know, you might be uncomfortable with in some situations. So, sure. so um, we did a tour there and, um, and we decided to go that route and would go to that hospital. Um, and we did, we did a newborn class there too. Um, we were originally going to do, and they offer that for free. Um, oh, nice. and, and I think a lot of hospitals do that. And they actually, they did say, you know, if you can afford to donate something or to pay for it, then you can do that, but you don't have to, there is a way to do those things for free. Oh, wow. Um, and so I would encourage anyone to, you know, at least look into it and ask your hospital if there is an option like that. Um, they had a, um, so that I had that newborn class. And then normally they also have um, a birth class. But it, I, I was kind of in that November, December, Christmas, holidays, 
um, in those months and um, it just didn't work out. They said they didn't have enough people that signed up. And so I wasn't able to do the birth class there, oh, um, which I was, yeah, I was kind of sad about that. Uh, and so I decided to do a online birth class because I wanted to do something. I just felt like I can't just go into it yeah. without anything. You yeah, know? Just show up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just show up. Because in my mind, I was like, what about my breathing? Like, what do I do? And that's yeah. Just the main thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, other than, you know, I listened to a lot of podcasts and obviously other birth stories. I, um, I listened to, so when, when my, uh, when I was pregnant, you were actually pregnant and you were doing your first round of podcasts. So I listened to all of that Oh yes. and <laughs> they were super, super, um, helpful and educational. And the, and we were really, we were so close in date too. <laughs> yeah. Cause Haley I was probably like literally daughter. a month. Yeah. Literally yeah, a month before exactly. you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was just like perfect. And um, so I listened to all of that. And then I had um, some, some books, um, but I still felt like I needed something else. So I looked into um, hypnobirth. Hmm. And that was probably the only thing that I would say I really spent money on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and I didn't even finish that class. I have to say, I have to be honest. I didn't yeah. finish that class. But <laughs> did you was, did you do the like in person or did you do like an online? I did the online because I was yeah. That's what I, I did when I yeah when we did when I um, signed up for it. It was um, already pretty. I was pretty close to giving birth, so gotcha. I thought I have to kind of try to get it you know all done, right. which I didn't. But still, I got a good amount done, and um, so I wanted to do it my own time and all of that um and did you yeah. use was it like the hypno babies that one or is it because I know there's different there's like different ones out there yes I think it was hypno babies okay nice yeah that's what I did too oh uh, maybe may you know what maybe I even got that from your podcast or something and then I looked at maybe it. yeah Pro- yeah yeah um yeah so I did that and um that was super super helpful for when I was in the hospital Um, and I, even though I didn't do the whole thing, I feel like I probably wouldn't even have went that far as I think if, if you don't know what that is, um, you also have your, your husband or your birth partner there and kind of helping you with words and affirmations and all of that. And I think I didn't even really need that part. So I wasn't too upset at first. I was kind of feeling bad about not finishing it, but it seemed like uh, I took the most important parts of it. <laughs> kind of away. Yeah. For um, when I, cause when I've done it with both <laughs> of my pregnancies and during yeah. both births, I actually haven't even like really technically used, like I, yeah. I listened to like maybe a couple of the tracks in like really early labor, but yeah. I mean, you're supposed to technically listen to them like all the way through and like be hypnotized all yes. the way through. And I've, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it just gets you in like the right mindset and listening to those like affirmations yeah. they have every day. I feel like exactly. it just helps you be so calm and confident going in, whether or yes. not you actually like you practice the, yep. um, you know, the hypno, 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 whatever the word is, yeah, but, hypnotize yeah. yourself during. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought too. I feel like it's more about the, your mindset beforehand. Yeah. And that's why all, I think just listening to positive birth stories and all of that is so, so good because Mm -hmm. it just gets you in that right 
um, uh, mindset. And, and I feel like, yeah, exactly. That helped me way more uh, than, you know, hypnotizing myself. And I was even, I'm kind of in between all of that. I'm like, do I even want to go that far? And yeah, so, so yeah, I think um, that was super helpful. And I, yeah, you can take whatever you want from it, basically. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. As far as you want. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I felt like I was kind of pretty well set up um, leading up to my birth and uh, my, my new um, OBGYN, when I came into his office, he was like, well, looks like you have a very boring pregnancy. Nope. <laughs> okay (laughs) it's like no but that's a good thing that's what that's what we want to see but that's just how it is it's just boring there was like there was just nothing (laughs) everything was fine um the only thing really um that to towards the end um, my belly was a little bit smaller than they would expect so they just did an extra ultrasound to make sure that the baby was okay and that she was growing fine Mm -hmm. and um and but everything was fine I'm I was just a little bit smaller yeah that happens Um, we're all different you know yeah exactly that's that's like a perfect example of like if you were in Germany they probably wouldn't have given you an ultrasound (laughs) they would have just been like yep you're pregnant this is what your belly looks like yeah exactly but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but it's still yeah it it just it was, I was like, whatever you guys do that. And then they just said they right away, they said, everything is okay. So yeah, um, yeah. I didn't really, I wasn't worried about it um, sure. too much. And um, you're like, I, I feel just, big. I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. I know, really. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I don't know how I could be any bigger, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> no. Yeah. But so, so I think the, and then towards the end, obviously you have those little, you know, aches and pains and you're like, Oh, I'm heavy. And like, I can't have my shoes and right I did have a little bit of um what is that the back pain that goes into your uh oh sciatica sciatica yeah that's what I had the last couple of the maybe the last two weeks um so it's like okay um I think I'm ready yeah (laughs) I'm done um, yeah and I was actually when they checked me before right um, or the few couple days before my due date they had said that I was already um, dilated like um, three centimeters and um, so I I thought oh maybe I'm gonna go into labor early or something mm-hmm. <laughs> and just nothing happened um, so how just, were you around like 40 weeks at that point um, yeah I think it was probably 39 and okay. two weeks and um, that's when they checked me and they said that I was already dilated. Um, so that's why I thought maybe I will, cause that was like two weeks before my due date. Right. Right. Um, so I thought, Oh, I might go into labor early, um, which did not happen. <laughs> and, wah, wah. Um, I kind of, um, leading up towards it, I, um, started, you know, losing my mucus plug and Mm -hmm. kind of having all these signs, but nothing really other than that, nothing happened. I didn't have any, I didn't even really have bad Braxton Hicks where I would think, Oh, is that a contraction or not? I didn't have any of that. Gotcha. Um, 
So I was just kind of, I was just waiting or we were just waiting. And my, at some point my husband said, now it's just, I'm not even going to believe it's going to come at all. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're going to be so late. And I remember uh, talking to my OBGYN and, and I was very, um, or I just told her that I would like to wait to induce mm -hmm. as long as possible. If I could do two weeks after my due date, that would be great. So I said that to her once. And then after that, that was the only thing I didn't like so much about my OBGYN. After that, she would, every time she would always just say it again, as if it was something weird, <laughs> like I wanted to go over due date. And um, Which so- Which totally normal to go past, yeah. especially as a first time mom. I remember with, cause yeah. my first was so late. She came at like 41 yeah. and five. And I remember- after I was already 40 weeks, they told me, they were like, Oh, I think, I think it's like literally for a first time mom, it's like 41 in two days is the average. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, no yeah. one's ever told me that before. That changes my perspective a lot. I'm really? thinking like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this baby it, out? Yep. Yep. It's the due date. It should be here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I was, I mean, I just, that's what I had, you know, read before. And I just, did not want to be induced. That's mm -hmm. the, I mean, obviously I, I wanted to go, I already knew I wanted to try to go unmedicated and, um, you know, and I, I felt like that would just be easier or if I went on my own, um, that, that wouldn't be as, as difficult. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. That. So, um, yeah, I, I, I told her that. So, and then afterwards she just kind of made fun of me for it, <laughs> but I just stuck with it. I was like, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, good for you. <laughs> more practice, you know, allows it, then, then I want to do that. And I, yeah. And so they didn't induce me. Um, they kind of every time just because also I was progressing, so it didn't really seem like I needed it. Right. My due date was January 8th and, um, I gave birth on the 13th. So oh, okay. five months later, so it wasn't like extremely long. No. Um, and I, uh, I remember right that night before. So the 12th is actually my husband's birthday uh, and we were hoping she, or he was hoping, especially that she was, she would be born on that date. Um, but we, so on the 12th, on his birthday, we went to, um, his aunts and we were having a birthday party there, um, for him. And we kind of all sat down there and we, you know, had food and all of that. And I noticed, um, that I had kind of a blurry or spotty vision. Oh, um, and I just felt kind of weird. And I, I couldn't really explain it. It wasn't for long. It was for a couple of seconds, maybe. And, but then I just sat down and, um, and I remember his grandfather came to me and was like, you're going to give birth today. Oh, no way. <laughs> so, yes. He said that He's like, I know you're it's coming. And um, then I just, I didn't feel super bad. It's just, just a, kind of a weird feeling. Yeah. Um, so we, it didn't stay super long we just went home and, um, uh, that night, um, it started snowing oh and, and there oh. was a snowstorm coming. <laughs> and, uh, I, we actually, when we came back home, we went for a walk. Um, so we have a dog, so we, uh, walked him and, we, you know, did a little bit of a longer walk, 
to kind of get things going and mm -hmm. um but I didn't feel anything other than the spotty vision a little bit and um kind of feeling a little bit nauseous I didn't other than that I didn't feel anything so we kind of went for a walk it started snowing and <laughs> like okay I guess we will because we have a driveway that goes downhill a little bit so we mm. just took the car parked it up on top on the street just to make sure in case we had to go in the middle of the night what a smart. Um, yes and uh so we kind of went um we just went to bed and I went to sleep and nothing you know nothing out of the norm um then in the middle of the night I wake up and I notice that my um like my underwear and the bed is a little bit wet oh and I but I I was obviously kind of like because it wasn't just the gush of water I wasn't right. sure if it was actually my water that broke or you know if I peed yourself peed my pants <laughs> <laughs> and so and that's what they had said before too um they said you know if if uh, there is something and you're not sure if it's if you peed your pants or if it's your water just wait a little bit go to the bathroom see if it continues to leak mm -hmm. and um so I did that um I didn't wake up my husband at that point. I like kind of just waited. And then I noticed that it just kind of continuously leaked a little bit. Interesting. Um, okay. So then I woke him up and I said, I think maybe we should call the hospital. I didn't feel anything. Um, and I wanted to stay at home, but they had told me to um, call in once my water breaks and then we would have to, you know, go in. Right. Um, so... I called them and they were super nice. They were like, you know, yes, definitely you have to come in, but, you know, take your time, eat something, pack your stuff, and then, you know, then slowly come into the hospital. Um, so they were very nice about it. And um, so I, we did that. We kind of, um, I ate something and I remember my uh, father-in-law was still awake at like, it was, uh, I think it was 3 a.m. He was awake. So oh, wow. he um, like took our stuff to the car and uh, made sure we, you know, walked up there good and we, we didn't slip and Aww. he was super nice. He like made me some food and um, it was super sweet. And, and we just kind of got going slowly and um, I didn't have any contractions still. Um, and then the drive was maybe 10 minutes and we I think I had one that was just a little bit not nothing bad um one contraction and we just parked and then went in to get checked in and all of that and then it I could feel it starting the contractions and so that oh, was yeah so I think my water broke around maybe two and then so towards like maybe four was when my contraction started and they checked me, checked if it was actually my water and it was. So then we got to go in our um, birth room and that hospital, that was so important to me that that hospital, that the room that we went to, to give birth that we could also stay in. Sure. Um, ugh, I just hated the thought of having to move rooms and like, it just, yeah, and so it was a really nice big room, a lot of space, um, and to kind of move around, um, and I just 
<laughs> once we checked in, I basically went to bed and, and my husband went on the couch, lay down and fell asleep. <laughs> and I was listening to my hypnobirthing uh, music and basically just, I, I kind of drifted in and out of sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember for a couple of hours, I was just, um, I don't know if it was really hypnosis. I don't know if I would call it that, but I was just concentrating on what was going on and, or on my contractions. And it wasn't super painful at that point. Um, and I was just kind of imagining the whole time, like, this is helping my body, you know, open up. <laughs> basically. Right. And, um, yeah, so for probably two or three hours, I was doing that just by myself. Um, it was dark in the room. There was like no sounds other than my, you know, I had my AirPods in or my headphones in. Um, so I was doing that and then I could feel it getting a little bit stronger. So I decided that I wanted to get up and I, I felt like I just wanted to move and maybe help it to get going a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I woke up my husband and told him, I just want to go in the hall here and walk around. Um, and I did that once I walked down the hall and then I had a really strong contraction and then I said, Nope, can't do that anymore. <laughs> so I walked back and I laid in bed and I was like, no, I can't move. I cannot, um, walk around like that anymore. And, um, my uh I I my our nurse she really only came in a couple of times and I thought well, I mean I'm just doing this like is this how it goes like I don't <laughs> I'm just like here and just laying and doing that <laughs> and um she didn't because I had um I had kind of told her like my idea of giving birth how I would want it to be mm-hmm. um and so I think she knew what to expect and that I kind of, you know, wanted to go the holistic way and not being checked so much and all of right. that. Um, well, that's good that she was just like, yeah. okay, yep. I can be oh, she was awesome. We were so, so lucky to, I mean, and all, it, a lot of the, we had during that time, we had other nurses too, um, after we gave birth and, you know, we stayed there for a little while and they were all nice, but I think we hit the jackpot like she was the nicest <laughs> out of all of them yeah and, um, yeah she was super understanding and um, didn't make me feel like a weirdo <laughs> asking to not have my epidural yeah yep. <laughs> yeah so um I I went back to the room and I laid on the end of the bed for some reason that's where I wanted to lay and I didn't really want anyone touching me Mm -hmm. or doing a whole lot of things I didn't really want to try out I that's kind of what I'm hoping for if I give birth again that I can try out more positions but in that moment I just didn't want to try out anything Mm -hmm. I just found my position and I wanted to stay like that yep and I was holding my husband's hand that's what I wanted to do but I didn't want him to do anything else yeah don't touch me (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And, um, so it was, I was definitely, my contractions were getting, um, a lot stronger and, um, closer together. And 
then at some point I had to go to the bathroom and I thought, yeah, that's a, I think that's a good, um, mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Your body is trying to, you know, get rid of everything. So, right. And I didn't even want, and the nurses, the nurse was like, can I come with you? Or my, and my husband, like, do you need help? I'm like, no, just leave me no. here. Like, yeah. Please I don't follow me in. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, but I, I was sitting there for a while and I was going through contraction. I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot get up from here. Because <laughs> yeah. I was trying to find this break where I wouldn't get another contraction, but they kept on coming. Um, so, uh, but I still managed to get up and get up, you know, put my underwear back on or whatever. I was wearing right. And go back into, into the um, bed. Did um, you... Did you find that, like, was it already pretty intense or was it like sitting down on the toilet? Because a lot of times I hear that the toilet can be like pretty magical to like make things move along and like, oh, get maybe more that's maybe that's what that was because yeah. I remember that I went to the bathroom and I thought I could do it all by myself. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, and then I sat down and then I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot get back up. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that was it. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I just, the only thing I remember was like, it's good. It's positive to be on here. Like that's, yeah. that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, that, that must've been what that was. And then from that point on, it was very, like, there was basically no breaks in between anymore. And um, I, so I was at that point where I thought, um, and the last time they had checked me, I was five centimeters. Okay. So I thought I cannot do this for however many hours, because in my mind, I thought 12, 18, 24 hours is normal mm -hmm. um, to give birth. And I cannot do that. And at that point, it was only um, from like four to um, seven. So it was oh, wow. only three hours. I thought I cannot. I can't do that anymore. No, it was, no, it was more than that. Um, it was probably, um, from four to nine, probably from four to nine. Okay. Um, that's still and, pretty fast. To yeah. Be, I mean, I'm yeah. assuming you were probably like in transition at that point, like getting close I, to push. Exactly. I was, but I didn't know. Right. Ex yeah. Right. So exactly. now I will know that feeling but I thought I have to, it must be going on for another hour, for so many hours. Yeah, like I'm only halfway. For, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought I cannot do this for um, even another hour. Um, so I actually, I asked for an epidural. I mm -hmm. said, I, I told my husband and I couldn't even really talk much at that point. And I, when they asked me questions, I hated it because I didn't want to. And that's why I think it's so important that the husband knows what's yep. going on and what you want and um it, I, because you just don't want to talk anymore and you don't want to yep. I just yep. didn't want to think mm -hmm. um and so I just told my husband I said I want an epidural so he told the nurse and then she came in and she was like is it okay if I just is it okay if I check you and I said yeah okay it's fine um so she did and um I was at on at eight eight oh. centimeters so um she said, okay, you're, you're pretty far along. And, and, and a lot of the times when, and she was so encouraging because she knew I didn't really want an epidural. Um, she said, I, I, a lot of moms, when they are getting, getting ready to give birth, that is when they will ask for an epidural. Um, but then you're so close already. 
Um, but I will ask for the person to come. So she went out um, and I guess ordered it. Um, and then she came back and said, well, he is, <laughs> he's not available right now. Oh. So it'll have to be another, at least another hour. And I thought, no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because I didn't think it was going to be, you know, I was going to give birth anytime soon. Right. They said, okay, that's fine. You know, she should still come. And, um, and from that point on, it went so fast. I um, noticed myself and I was still laying on the, at the end of the bed, same position. And then I noticed that it must have been maybe five minutes after my the nurse came in. Um, I started to push mm. without me noticing it. And that was the weirdest thing ever. Uh, I just, and then after the second time I did that, I looked at my husband and I said, I think, I think I'm pushing. <laughs> I, because I was in, in my mind when I was thinking about it before, I thought, you know, kind of when you sit on the toilet kind of thing, right. um, you just have to do it. And people say, you know, giving birth is like a workout. And I thought, oh, and then I'm going to sit and, you know, it's just like, it's going to be hard. Like, no, but your body like, just does it. Think about it. Yeah, yeah. but I did. Yeah, exactly. Your body just, my body just did it and without me noticing it, without me, you know, realizing it for the first two times. And then I told him and then it's like, oh, okay, I guess. And then he went outside and, um, and um, told the nurse and she came in and she said, yep, you're definitely pushing. And, um, and then they called the, uh, the, OBGYN, uh, the doctor in, and they, she told me that I had to, because I was at the end of the bed, she told me I have to turn around and get into that position, hmm. that birthing, typical um, hospital birthing, exactly on your back, legs up position. And in my mind, I was freaking out for probably a split second only, but I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm moving out of this position that I've been laying in. I can I don't know how they they cannot be, they cannot be serious. Um, and that's I think where I would have liked. That's one other thing um, about birthing centers that I liked so much that you can, um, you know, do your own positions and yep. you can go through the through the. Um, um, contractions the way that you needed to and um but she said no uh you have to turn around and then it wasn't even much I, they basically did it like they yeah. just looked at me up turned me around I didn't even have two seconds to think about anymore they just did it I wasn't I think I would have been more comfortable the other way yeah um, but it was just done and over and I just I let it go like right yep. away like okay um so um and I was, you know, I, my body was just doing it. My body was pushing and they started counting and, um, and, and telling me when to push and not to push. And that was kind of the other thing that I felt like I didn't have any power over it, whether or not you, was you really don't like, you literally have no control over it. It's laughable when they're like, don't push. Like, I know. Like, oh, okay. Like, yeah. Well, I'll get right on that. 
exactly <laughs> like there's literally no holding in that force exactly and I didn't even um try to say like no don't I want to push like I just did it I was like yeah, oh, yeah. you can talk and you can do yeah your thing, do your thing and um but uh the the pushing part actually was maybe uh I think it was it was 30 minutes okay. 20 to 30 minutes That's I fast. pushed in my mind it felt longer <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh because they kept also they kept saying she's almost here blah, blah, blah. I can see her head da, da, da. and then it still seemed like it was because I was thinking her head is almost there so why can't I just do it one more push and then she's out right so it they like go back in yes exactly <laughs> and um, one of the nurses actually asked me she said do you want a mirror and I thought, wow, yes, please. And yeah. I was so surprised that she asked me because I just thought hospitals, there's no way they're going to, you know, do something like that. Right. Um, and I hadn't even talked to them about it before. That was just not really on my mind. But I thought that was so cool because I, I wanted to see it. And yeah. That way, I think they, they also thought maybe that will help me, you know, really understand that she's almost there. Yeah. Because then you can see um, the head. So they actually put the mirror there and I could see her. Um, I could see like the top of her head a little bit and the hair that she had. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? That's crazy. Cause it looked so long already. It's like, that's not possible. <laughs> and so I did a couple of, um, uh, contractions and, and pushing with the mirror, but then I noticed that it was just too distracting for me. Yeah, I was trying to look at the mirror, and then I wasn't really focusing on the pushing part anymore. Um, so I just asked them to put it away. But I'm so grateful that I was able to see it for a little yeah. while, and I then I could just really concentrate on just the pushing. And um, they, my husband was holding my one leg, and the nurse my other leg, and um, and I just kind of. That sometimes in between when they said said you know stop pushing and I didn't feel the urge anymore mm -hmm. um I it was it's just it, it's everything is gone like I mean kind of like in between the contractions the pain and all of it is completely gone and we talked <laughs> yeah it's so bizarre it is just yeah it is so bizarre and um and then at the very the last maybe three pushes I could feel her head coming out and everything was stretching mm -hmm. and, and I did not want to stop pushing at that point, even though the urge was gone, I just kind of continued to push. Cause I, that, I mean, that did hurt. Mm -hmm. And so I was um, just kind of trying to get her out. And, um, and so it was maybe two or three pushes and then she was, she was out. Like she came out. Hey. <laughs> and, um, they put her on my uh, chest right away. Um, and they, I had asked before for them to not like clean her off right away and all of that. Right. Uh, so I really had uh, a lot of time with her. She was, and just, you know, right away, right after those seconds that she was born. Um, and, you know, she was a little purple. It was a, kind of like looking at the um, doctor, but she seemed fine. She didn't seem alerted at all. So I wasn't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, they, I did um, tear a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So she kind of did her thing down there. And yep. we actually, um, we took a video of it right after um, she was born um, to send to my family. And because um, they were all back in Germany. Right. So, um, yeah, we took a, the, a video. And then later on, when I looked at that video, I saw in the background how the the doctor is just stitching me up. You can see the, the needle come in, go up and down. <laughs> Casual. Like, oh, yeah. gosh. I don't know if they wanted to see all that, but oh well. Here Got are. the full experience. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, at that moment, I didn't even think about it. Also that she was just bloody and all of that, but right. um, they got to see all that. And, uh, and uh, she, the one thing that I, missed to tell my um nurse beforehand was that I wanted the um the court that they I, I wanted the prolonged um yeah. what do you call that De- uh, um, delayed court claim. delayed yeah. court yeah exactly and um I didn't tell her that so they had done it and then when I noticed that I said oh no oh, wait wait I didn't I didn't want that and um say so, oh well I we can't really reverse it now I yeah. thought they could just take the clip up and say and then the nurse just looked like she was I mean she felt so bad Aww. and like no it's it's and she apologized so many times I was like no it's okay <laughs> it really is everything else is so perfect it's totally fine <laughs> and um but she she definitely felt bad about that and I um uh, and I even had one of those uh, birthing plan um papers mm-hmm. very simple not like a I actually have it from the um mama natural book oh yeah that, that it comes with um if anyone else wants to use that um because it's just super simple it's and, like images uh, right exactly it's images yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I never gave that to her. So that is, I had it and, but I didn't give it to her and I regret doing that. Yeah. Yep. um, In the end, it it just, it still worked out. That was the only thing that kind of they did that I didn't plan on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, everything else went the way that I thought it, I wanted to, um, even though I didn't get to, you know, experience maybe the birth center. Sure. um, way of giving birth or the home birth or um um but they we stayed for another night which I have to say I actually didn't mind and <laughs> um to be able to stay in the hospital for another night and 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 have the day there and have the support and we had they had a um nursing um um specialist there too and she oh, yep. came multiple times and kind of helped me with nursing uh and that was super helpful so I didn't really feel the need to necessarily go back home right away because they made it really comfortable that's good Um, even during the night they didn't wake us up so many times how I had heard that they do Mm -hmm. um so I think it you know even if you have to go to the hospital you can still have a really really nice experience yeah um and yeah so we just stayed a couple more uh maybe really not long I think it was another night and a day um and uh, 
my husband's whole family, they were actually there in the waiting room while I was giving birth. (laughs) And I had told them before um, that I probably didn't want them, anyone else to be there in the, um, during birth. And then after birth, I wanted to take my time Mm -hmm. with the baby and my husband. Um, So they had to wait a little bit longer. I think it was another like two or three hours after I gave birth that they were actually allowed to come in. Um, but they were a super, uh, they, they, they were happy still to see her and oh yeah, um, so they all came in. Hey, um, and it is up to you. You know what I mean? Like that exactly. you were yeah. not pleasing anybody else at that time in your life, you know? It, yep. Yep. And I actually, I, because in, uh, Germany, that's so different too. Um, normally you don't necessarily, you don't have your family waiting in the waiting room while you're giving birth. Yep. <laughs> that is, you just do all that. And then the next day or whenever you're ready, you call them and then they slowly come in, you know? Right. Um, so, and I didn't, um, I didn't want to offend anyone, but they are so open-minded and they don't right. like, I just don't want you all to be here right away. I just wanted to have that one-on-one time. And, um, my husband was able to do skin on skin and, um, you know, just take our time a little bit. Yeah. It's nice to like have a minute with, with my first, everybody was at the birth center, like while I was giving birth. Yeah. Oh, were they really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And came in, you know, shortly after, which it was fine. You know, like at the time I wasn't like, get out. Like I was so excited to be like, Oh my God, look at a baby. But exactly. Yeah. But then having, cause then the second, you know, we were in a hostel, it was COVID times. No one's allowed to come. Mm -hmm. So we had like a whole day and a half just to like, sit and relax and like soak it all in before people were I mean I was literally like naked when people were coming in my room the first time like my (laughs) boobs are out like my father I'm like hey how you doing father-in-law like (laughs) and he was uncomfortable like you know it's just there's a lot going on when you like literally just pushed out a baby so it's it is kind of nice I actually prefer to have just the time before everyone's like up in your grill Yeah. yeah Yep. It, Cause you were also figuring it all out. So right. I remember when I had to then nurse her while they were all there. And I just thought, I don't really know what I'm doing here. And yeah. now it's, I don't know. It's just, it, yeah, it's good to have your time. Um, if that's what you want and um, yeah, if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, but I was excited to show them and um, of course we were all crying, <laughs> um, but just like, just, yeah. Um, happy to finally meet her and they were just also happy because we were bringing her back to their house so that was very exciting um and that's what I also want to say about kind of the just real quick I know that doesn't really have anything to do with actual birth but just the postpartum phase is Mm -hmm. so crucial Mm -hmm. and um there's just so many new things going on and you're learning, your husband is learning, your baby is learning. And I just encourage everyone, every mom to ask for as much help as possible um, and not feel bad for asking for help. And um, we were, I know we were so lucky to have had my husband's family. They were amazing um, after uh, we came home they made sure we had dinner. I didn't do any cleanup anywhere other than really my bed. Right. Um, I stayed in bed um, for the first 
one and a half weeks or so I pretty much stayed in bed with um the baby and um I mean when we came up for dinner they were so glad to be able to hold her and have her and all of that so um, I we and also it probably was making it a lot easier on my husband and I's um relationship sure Um, sure because that's a that can be a rough time right after and when you have that help um and when you can ask when you have people who offer it definitely take it um and, and if you don't in if you don't um you know if you're in an area maybe if you moved somewhere and you don't have a lot of people that you know even when you're you can um when you're pregnant you can go to your um there's Facebook mom groups that um, you can reach out to other moms and um, and kind of build that little group of people mm-hmm. that are going through the same things. Uh, I just met or I, I met a new mom that is or she's pregnant right now. She was asking for some maternity maternity clothes and I gave that her mine. Um, and we're friends now and she's pregnant right now. And so she's kind of like learning as the other moms are learning. Um, yep. and she just has this, you know, this setup and, and just, I think it's so important to have people there to help you in that time after. And then it just makes it so much more enjoyable for you and the baby too. Yeah, absolutely. It's so, definitely so overlooked. I mean, yeah we focus so much on pregnancy and then yeah. birth stories, which I mean, here I am guilty of that. I'm like, yeah. let's talk about birth stories. Cause they're so, yeah. they're just beautiful stories and everybody yeah. loves them, but you know, there really is not, unless you go out of your way to set up the support, yes. it's not going to be there for you. Like in your pregnancy, yes. you see your doctor on scheduled times. Mm-hmm. There's all of this information coming at you. And then yeah. when you leave the hospital, it's like, okay. Yeah. Yes, I remember thinking, so you're just going to let me go with her <laughs> like, <Yeah>. by myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. So yeah. yeah, for sure. Then it's just a whole nother world. Yeah. Then when that's, you walked into the hospital. That's a good tip about the Facebook mom mm-hmm. groups, because I like for me, I'm the same as you, you know, we're right around yeah. family and it's, I mean, it is so yeah. crucial in that postpartum period just to have people to swing by and help with laundry and drop off groceries and bring you meals and stuff like that. You don't realize how powerful it is until, you know, you're, it's happening to you. Um, but man, so many people have to move away from family. And I mean, like your, your family's in Germany, you know, like if you were with your husband's like living around them, you would be in that position too. So that's a really good tip for moms who maybe don't live close by close friends or family. And I think, um, so I'm close to a, um, army base here too. And I actually am part of a, um, workout group and a lot of those moms are from that base. So it's actually, it's a workout group that, uh, started with the military, but now they're expanding to other, you know, um, other moms from not military husbands can come into basically. And, um, so I just firsthand see what it's like to have no family around at all and they're building their little community communities and whenever there is a mom and that that this one is specifically for pregnant um pregnant women and moms with kids um and they may even be in 
you know, they're in many, many areas. It's called SLAM, um, if anyone wants to look that up. Um, and they, when there is a mom that had just gave birth, we have um, dinner scheduled so that everyone brings, uh, drops by a dinner oh, for the mom. And, and without, you know, expecting to go in and seeing the baby or anything right. like that, just literally, Dropping I uh, one time I did it, I literally like put it outside the door and I left. Like yep. I didn't even see them at all. I just dropped off the dinner and I left. So I think, yeah, there's, there's so much um, support out there. Um, you'll just have to find it. That's the problem. Right. <laughs> yeah. I and that's, that's that. another huge tip too. Like if you, now, if you're on the other end and you know, someone who's having a baby, yeah. um, don't like have the expectation that you're going to yeah. go in and meet the baby and hold the baby and do all these things. Like not in those, you know, first couple weeks. Yeah. Exactly. They and you even may be invited. So in the time that we're in right now. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Like you might be invited in, but like don't have the expectation that you will be. Um, yeah. I think it's so helpful when people just swing by. I mean, we have people who were yeah. like, Can I just bring you a meal? And I'm like, come on in, you know, for a few minutes. Yeah. But they were super yeah. respectful of just like, you know, we're not gonna take too much of your time. We want you to relax, yeah. like that kind of thing. But um yeah. and but yeah, I, think I think it's so good. hard to know beforehand too how you're gonna be. I didn't right. really I didn't really know if I was going to want people there or if I didn't, it turned out I had no problem with it. But yeah. um, I think it, that's just something that you're going to have to decide in the moment mm-hmm. um, when it, when you're in it and kind of see, you know, how it feels. And maybe it'll also be different from person to person, whether or not you want maybe your um, mother-in-law to come in and you're fine with that, but your friends, not so much. I mean, I think it's right. just very individually and that should be okay. Yeah. And this is like kind of what we were saying, like right after you gave birth, like this is not a time in your life to worry about people pleasing. Like you're not going to offend anyone. And if they get offended, that is on them. It is not on you. Like your job is to rest and take care of your baby and bond with your baby and everything else is just extra in that first crucial, just couple of weeks when it's like so, so fresh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that can be hard for, I, I know it is hard for me. I like oh to, yeah. I'm a people pleaser. So, Same. Um, it's, it's hard for me to tell someone that and maybe have your husband you know, yeah, to, yeah. go to the door so that it doesn't, it's not so awkward for you, but yep. um, yeah, find ways to, to get your, um, your opinion and everything across. Right. Protect <laughs> yeah. your peace. Yeah. Exactly. Send, send somebody else. You don't have to do it. You don't, you don't exactly. have to do anything, but feed the baby and sleep. So yep. and eat. In, and eat. At, exactly. So in Germany, we actually have a, it's two weeks that the mother is supposed to lay in bed, just lay yep. in bed, do yep. nothing. That is Um, and you don't have, I mean, you know, you, some moms have to go back to work after four or six weeks. So that is very different to the way that Germany, um, is set up. Um, Mm -hmm. it's it's very well known that you need to stay in bed. Don't think that you need to start working out or going for walks or doing the dishes or doing the laundry. Um, yeah, it can, it can wait most, most of the time at least. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I feel like also, you know, we were talking about how birth is just kind of looked at and differently, mm-hmm. you know, in other countries. Um, but it seems that it's the same postpartum too. I don't know if you've ever read, yes. read or heard of, there's a book called the first 40 days. 
Um, and it's all about, it's, it's really interesting. It's all about, um, postpartum that first 40 days and how crucial it is to like Mm -hmm. rest. And it even goes into like certain, like only eating warm foods and easy, Mm -hmm. you know, easily digestible foods and things like that, which I'm not like, I'm like, I'll eat whatever, like somebody just feed me, you know, like I'm starving and I don't (laughs) want to be involved in the cooking process. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just really interesting how, um, it's, it's all about like, uh, the Asian culture it's typical Mm, for the mother-in-law to actually move in. Now it doesn't necessarily happen at least here. Yeah. Like modern times as much, it sounds. Um, but how it's like for literally for the first 40 days, like the mom does not do anything. And it's all about how that postpartum period is literally like sets you up for motherhood and like health Mm. and wellness. And it's so like, it's like an incubation period almost. Um, and we just so do not do that here. It's like, I love oh, that. Yeah. You know? I never even thought to read a book about that before I read about the newborn and yep. the birth and the pregnancy and all the steps and how uh, big the baby is in the belly and all of yep. that. But I never even thought to read a book about, um, postpartum. Yeah. It like totally just drops off and that's, that's yeah. normal now, but it, you yeah. know, hopefully the more conversation we have about it and books like that, Mike, I had never even heard of it. My cousin had given it to me. Um, And I, and I did, and I honestly didn't read the whole thing, but I I read through it enough to get the gist and like the, just the idea of like, this is a time and, you know, going to the birth center, they were huge on that. Like you're in bed for two weeks, you're not going to do anything like really drill that into our heads. So I feel like that was helpful the first time around because I didn't, you know, I don't, I didn't know what, what yeah, I was supposed ex- to be doing, you nope. know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was so awesome. Yeah. I <laughs> loved hearing your birth story. It was so beautiful and I can just totally feel you on like the transition <laughs> wanting the epidural, yes. like yes. <laughs> it just gets so intense. Like I totally feel, felt you on yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I'm also just glad to hear that you had an uneventful pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Everything was healthy minus Mm -hmm. your small belly. God forbid. (laughs) I know, really. (laughs) But no, seriously, thank you for sharing. This was so great. And I loved the postpartum conversation too, because it's so important. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I I really enjoyed, and it really just brings me back to now. My little one is now three. So it's been a little while. (laughs) I love just, uh, re, you know, going through the whole story again. I know it's, it's such a fun thing and it's crazy. It's, you will never forget it, you know, like it's it's so ingrained in your brain. It's such an important, important day in your life. So it is. is. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed that birth story as much as I did. I just really enjoyed hearing from Ana E. I feel like her um, experience has been so different than the other two birth stories I've shared so far, as in there weren't any, you know, real complications, which is always a good thing. Um, But I, I just loved hearing kind of her story and her perspective as far as, you know, coming from Germany and just how things were different and how she kind of navigated the system over here, because she's is totally right that, you know, over in Europe and other countries, you know, over across the pond, um, they really approach maternity care and pregnancy and birth very differently than we do here in the U.S. as far as having more of like a midwife 
um, or midwife um, centered approach, I guess, versus obstetrical. Um, so I just really, really enjoyed hearing from her and hearing her experience and her story and how she just kind of navigated everything. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed listening to it. Now I'm going to leave Ana E's Instagram down below in the show notes. So if you want to go follow her, if you want to go find her and friend her, ask her questions or just chat with her, then you can go hop on down to the show notes and you'll see her Instagram linked there. So you can go um, go and find her out there on the socials. <laughs> But that is all we have for this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed watching. Or enjoyed watching. I think I'm on YouTube. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. And I will be back soon with more updates on how my pregnancy is going and more birth stories as well. So I will see you guys then.